Thanks again for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. It's the Metalist Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Jason. Today, we're going to do a little deep diving on something near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. Um, not necessarily mine. mine. Yeah, well, this is so. This is <laughs> one of the two subgenres I have trouble with at times, the other of which being power metal, which we kind of already got into, but I don't know that we've actually touched on black metal like aside from tangentially at all yet right the closest thing we've gotten to black metal is i mean i i don't even know if we i re, i don't know if we released it but we had the concept albums episode i don't think it was released i um we needed to redo it i think is what it was but, okay um emperor had an album in there and I, and we kind of discussed there we kind of discussed i think it was karash ungren Maybe because cause they had that album about the Flying Dutchman or whatever. I think. Oh yeah yeah those... yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Okay yeah yep. I, uh, I mean now. I think that's it, dude. I don't think we've talked much about black metal at all. I mean definitely you know not with any kind of uh, depth. Yeah right right makes <laughs> sense. Um, so how about we get right into it? What's your first experience or experiences with black metal? Uh, my first. My very first experience with black metal, obviously, was I remember reading in a magazine, and it wasn't the big one that we'll get into a little bit later. It was actually a different one. I don't necessarily know if it was a full-on like black metal band. It what it might have been like um, a Swedish Viking, you know, melodic death metal. But it was some kind of thing where it was like, you know, some dude from a band killed another dude or whatever from another band. So I remember reading that in like one of the one of the like metal magazines. I think this is probably, oh man, it's got, I mean, mid 90s, maybe, maybe uh, probably like late 90s. And I remember making jokes because I had seen names like um, Nagelfar. I had seen names like Bjorknagar. Or Borknagar, Bjorknagar. Oh, there's <laughs> a, there's weird. something to be had Bjork's there. doing a black metal album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she, <laughs> yep. I'm sure she could make a trippy black of it, black metal album. I have but. no doubt. <laughs> but uh, you know, Borknagar, Nagelfar. Um, I think I'd heard of the name. Uh, there was another name I'd seen that was a kind of one of those ones that's like really out there. And I made I made like a joke that I was going to start a, a black metal band called Chapped Ass of the Troll, but I don't think I'd, I mean, at that point, I don't, I'd never heard it. I'd, I'd never actually heard a black metal, like the genre black metal album. And I didn't actually hear that until shit, dude. I think it was probably 2000, 2000 probably. 
this will take some people back. I don't know if this was a big program, but obviously we all know Winamp. Oh, yeah. I, I had a player like that, except it wasn't Winamp. It was called Music Match Jukebox. And it, you could actually stream music on it. I mean, it sucked. But you could stream music on it, a la a real player. Or I think Winamp could do it also. But you could also play MP3s. And if it had the right tags or whatever, you know, it had like the little album art, you know, shit like that. So I rarely use the radio. But what you could do is you could, I mean, it's kind of like Spotify. You could actually connect with um, users, different users, and users could make radio stations uh, based off of like their, you know, like, oh, like Pandora, you pick like four bands and then it makes a radio station off of that, except it was user made. So I was on there and I was listening to, I don't know what I was listening to, but all of a sudden this crazy album cover came on with this half naked chick. I think wrapped in barbed wire, maybe. Oh, okay. I, I think But it so, was Dimu yeah. Borgir, Puritanical Misanthropic Euphoria. And that was the first, like, real black metal I'd ever heard. And it and I, I just, you know, I, I listened to it, and then it went to the next song or whatever. And then it wasn't until probably a couple years after that where uh, one of my old singers from the band Difficult Henry, when I first joined their band, and, you know, we are hanging out a lot, John had a you know ton of fucking CDs. I had a ton of CDs, so it was like CD Christmas, right? I had all this shit that he didn't listen to. He had all this shit that I didn't listen to. And so I borrowed Cradle of Filth and Demi Borgir. Actually, no, I, I borrowed Cradle of Filth first. And I burned like shit, dude. Like the first, like whatever. I mean, it was up to, you know, I mean, this is like 2003, I guess, 2002. Before the mainstream record or during? Is before that, because okay. um, it was it was before Nymphetamine, and I think the newest album at the time was like Nymphetamine was just about to come out. Mm-hmm. So I think the newest one was that purple one. I, um, uh, Midian. Midian, yeah. Okay. So, I, and I mean, I liked it. I, I thought it was really cool. I actually liked the first two albums, uh, Principles of Evil Made Flesh, and I think Dusk and Her Embrace, because they were like that necro sound. Yeah. They were more vampire-y than some of the other stuff. So I was like, man, like this is really fucking cool. And I still love those albums. But uh, I gave those back. I borrowed Demu Borgir and Emperor. And, the, I mean, the second I heard Demu Borgir, I was like, fucking Cradle of what? Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like Cradle of who? Yeah. No fucking way. Because Demu had, like, I mean, the production was fucking cool sounding. The symphonic stuff sounded, like, really on point. And, and they, ha- they had riffs. They had, like, really cool riffs. And then I heard Emperor, and I think the first one I heard was Prometheus, and then, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later because we're actually going to couple this one with a Emperor top five. So those were the first two, but the first one I really loved was Demu Borgir, and I know that's not true cult, whatever, but hey, you know, like that was what got me there, and that's what got me looking more and more into it. And I mean, I got into like the history of because, like, I, you know, I mean, especially back then, like I do. You know, I got, you know, super obsessed with it, and I'm looking up all this fucking stuff on it. I, I'm trying to figure out everything, and, you know, next thing I know, man, I mean, it's it's fucking mayhem. It's it's fucking dissection. You know, it's Gorgoroth. It's not Burzum. I, I heard one Burzum album. I heard the first Burzum album. I actually liked the first two Burzum albums, and then I'm over it. But the other one I heard that I really fucking loved was Bathory. 
and I know it's not considered considered second wave, but to me that I mean that album is just it's more black metal than any of the pre black metal stuff like Merciful Fate, Venom, Hellhammer, slash Celtic Frost. When I heard Gorgoroth, I heard Immortal. You know, like, I heard all those, like, almost, like, third-wave bands, and, I mean, fuck, dude. Like, the one I fucking heard that I really didn't like that much that I kind of do now, at least the early stuff, is Dark Throne. I'm not sure why I didn't really like it much. And one of my favorite ones from back then was one that took a while. I didn't like it at first, and then it just really fucking grew on me was Mayhem. But, yeah, I mean, I've always listened to it. The one... Thing I say, you know, because you say like, oh, this is one of two genres, this and power metal. The only issue I have with black metal is it's very mood driven. So like, it's kind of hard living in San Diego and listening to black metal, dude. Because like, for sure, <laughs> it's much more enjoyable when you're listening to it and it's fucking cold outside. You know, I mean, that's for years. That's what I. That's that was kind of dominating my playlists during the winter time and so it is a little bit hard for me here I, you know but i do listen to it a lot more in the last like i don't know a couple years definitely in the last year or so because i've been checking out a lot of new stuff so for the longest time i was just still listening to the same old shit you know yeah for sure um what about you what's what's your first exposure to black metal so i guess it's actually pretty similar to yours where a lot of it came from magazines um that's the thing is i'm having a hard time pinpointing exactly what it would have been but it all would have been around the same time late 90s kind of like you were saying kind of getting you know always having an interest in heavy music from when i was a little kid even if it was just a little and then like you know when i was 13 14 in the late 90s really going okay what all's out there getting the magazines one one comes to mind is hit parader actually no let's let's circle back around to that there was some sort of new metal special thing that came out when new metal was everywhere and if like when new metal actually became a term and a recognized wave rather than like oh these bands are all kind of just heavy bands or whatever right late 90s every magazine has to have their new metal special I don't even remember. I, it probably was a hit parader thing, but they have an interview with Ross Robinson because he's kind of considered the figurehead at that time. Uh, and they talk about, is there anything you'd like to do that you haven't yet? And he talks about, dude, there's this band I love called Emperor. They play black metal, and I would love to do an Emperor album one day. That obviously never happens. Although, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> um I mean, his guitar sounds shitty enough. It would probably work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> necro in a very different way, right? Uh, and we're talking late 90s Ross Robinson, not, you know, now. But so I go, Emperor, okay, I'll have to keep an eye out for that. And then around the same time, yeah, Hit Parader, the, they, you know, they had some ads for more underground distro stuff back in the day, and there was tons of these black metal things and these dudes dressing all you know in the corpse paint it really captured my imagination so without having heard it i kind of imagined what it would sound like you know what i mean i had this like i the, the image kind of gave me a, a, an idea of what it sounds like in my head or whatever right 
And, uh, was that close to what it really sounded like? Not at all. We're gonna we're gonna get there soon <laughs> enough. We're gonna get there. So was, I, I like the idea of the horror. You know, this is around the same time I'm finally getting into horror movies and stuff. Right after being terrified to even, you know, look at the box art as a kid or whatever. Like I'm finally starting <laughs> to get into all that. And like you know, I like the idea of the the kind of dark fantasy imagery. One band that really sticks out in my mind is Summoning. You ever get into Summoning? Um, no, I don't think I've ever even heard of them. So, yeah, so they had a ton of artwork for summoning, and it's like, you know, dark, fantastical castles for looking from a distance, you know, and with the semi-pentagram-ish logo. And, like, I guess all their, their lyrics and their concept is based around Tolkien. There's a ton of Tolkien-influenced metal in general, but especially in black metal. Oh, yeah. Um... So stuff like that. So when I, 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 I don't actually hear this for a while. So all this is like I'm reading about it and I'm and I'm imagining things based on what I'm seeing. And do you remember? I I can't remember if it was called MTVSucks.com or something like that. But it was MTV anti MTV.com <laughs> or something like that. But wow, it, they were one of the more prominent wet metal sites around. That you know the turn of the century. You got to remember, we're talking the Stone Age, man, of of all this back in the day. Blabbermouth isn't a thing yet. I don't think Lambgoat might be. Like like, this is all still very underground as far as like actual websites go. So they cover a whole mess of bands, and one of them they talk about is you know the second wave of black metal in Norway. And the one they talk about a lot is Burzum and all all the church burnings and. And like the murders and just all the gnarly stuff that went with that. Because you could make a whole thing about like, oh, our parents have this crazy image of what metal people are like. They're they're really nice for the most part and misunderstood. <laughs> and then you get to these guys and it's like, oh, no, this is exactly what they thought. There's a bunch of weirdos killing each other and pray, you know, doing Satan stuff and the whole the whole nine yards. So when internet's not completely abysmal for trying to listen to sound clips i finally go oh i can i can finally hear what some of these bands sound like so i i don't even remember what it would have been it, it actually probably would have been emperor and this is before prometheus keep in mind too and i finally hear it and i'm like yeah this isn't what i imagined i don't know how i feel about this <laughs> and i still don't in a lot of cases like like a lot of it i just never like there's there's i i grew up thinking High-pitched vocals were exclusive to black metal. It's like, that's the main difference. Fucking death metal's low and black metal's high, which is kind of true to a degree. But there's dudes in death metal that go way higher than a lot of black metal dudes. There's, like, a difference between a death metal high... Well, definitely now. Yeah, definitely now, too. Back then, no. But, like, well, that depends on who you're talking about, too. But, like... You know, there's a difference between a, a black metal high and a death metal high for sure. Even there's like death metal, or excuse me, black metal lows and like death metal mids. I feel like that gets underutilized a lot. I kind of like that that vocal style, the mid. But, you know, also around that time, like you were saying, it's it's Cradle of Filth and the and Demuborg Gear are the ones that are talked about the most. And I feel like that's way the other way around now where most people talk about Mayhem and Dark Throne. Oh, so then I had to go down that rabbit hole because I'm 14 years old, really into Pantera. See Phil Anselmo wearing Dark Throne Transylvania or Transylvanian Hunger shirts and Mayhem shirts. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll check those out too. Definitely don't like those. 
<laughs> I was just, I was just like, oh, this is way not what I imagined based on all these things. And every few years I'll go back and be like, do I finally like this? Is it finally growing on me? And largely, no. The big thing is when Prometheus finally came out from Emperor, I was like, okay, this is a lot closer to what I had in mind. It had a, you know, that very Baroque kind of orchestral thing, you know, with the with the organ sounds. And I loved that they sounded exactly like what it was, which was like some Casio keyboard sounds and not like Cradle when they finally got the budget when they signed to Sony to have an honest-to-God orchestra and all that, you know, which is cool, too. <laughs> but there was... It's just a... It's cool. It's just a totally different thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just like... And then there, there is something to be said about running the gamut of... Yeah, you have those two names at the time, which were the big ones that everybody looked up to, having the more polished, as polished as could be around that time, sound and, you know, with the more layers and the production, and then you had the other bands that definitely, I would say, typify things more now, where it's just total, it was it was a point of pride that you sounded like you recorded in, like, a broom closet, or as a lot of people like to say, like, a gas station bathroom, or whatever, you know, all the hyperboles, I like them all, they're funny. Oh, yeah, we used to make fun of that quite a bit, until yeah. all of a sudden, some of us started liking that sound. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> do, you know, cattle decapitation super great production and they say that's just because they need to be able to you know keep up with modern metal you know expectations otherwise they they're all about black metal so if they could they would record that way and have it just be totally necro underground broom closet tin you know sound um and that's something to be commended too is whereas i don't like a lot of actual black metal at least not the norwegian second wave stuff for sure I like a lot of the stuff that it's influenced. Like, to see how that's kind of cross-pollinated with other genres and kind of made all these new things is pretty cool. And to see how much it pisses off those dudes from that era and all the purest fans around it, I think, is great, too. Like, uh, I, I love seeing people get upset by things I enjoy. It's fun. <laughs> um, so where do you want to... Start. You want to you want to go to the very beginning well, or the end? First of all, I would just like to say, as far as any like the fucking Nazism stuff and the white supremacy stuff, I don't fucking know, man. So if we talk about a band in here that's questionable, just just remember, not everybody knows everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're just strictly talking about the fucking music. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say any of these fucking people are good people or bad people you know i'm talking about musicians you know but you know it's it's difficult because it gets kind of weird but that's almost all music now because you have a lot of people in a lot of different genres being found out to be like kind of horrible people so first of all you know that right off the bat man i'm not trying to look in to see who the fuck's what you know it's like fucking don't care another thing is like I mean, as far as, you know, people take it, I mean, people take this very seriously, but people take all kinds of shit very seriously, all kinds of music. And on one hand, I think, well, that's kind of fucking dumb. But on the other hand, I get it. You know, this, this might be not necessarily this. I don't, maybe it is. Maybe it's that, I mean, this is the music that saved your life. Or any... <laughs> You know, what? Or, or there's a lot it. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, this the only thing I've seen that really comes close to 
as far as in metal, like in, in I mean, rap's a whole different thing because that's there's a whole different thing going on there too. But with black metal, the true cult type stuff and like the people like, oh well, we're more evil than you. We blah blah blah. The only thing I've seen come close to that is fucking hardcore. Yeah. Because well, it's yeah. we're more street than you are. We're realer than we're the realest fucking band. It. it I mean, this is not just a black metal thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is everything. I don't even call it elitism. I think there are definitely people that can see this. This band doesn't sound like this band. This group of bands doesn't sound like this group of bands. Now, for me, I'm over it. I don't have to educate everybody on it. But for the show, I mean, yeah, we knew, you know, it's like, yeah, you kind of have to, if you're going to have a conversation about it, you got to figure out where the fucking parameters are, right? So, I mean, genres come into play and they're very helpful because there's a huge difference between Mayhem and fucking ACDC, right? But now, how deep down you want to go, that's up to the person or whatever. But as, as time went on, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't have to explain every genre to every single person. But I used to be not necessarily genre police or anything like that, but it came from more of a, you know, like I'm going like to put this guy on. Like I'm going to tell him what it's all about rather than, you know, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. But, the, you know, there's definitely those people too. So Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, some of the stuff I've heard of, we've all heard of in, in rap music and stuff, especially um, within the last, I don't know, since, like, <laughs> I mean, shit, some of it happened right around the same time this shit was going on. That's true, huh? You know, dudes getting fucking killed over, over this shit, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's never really the music. It's all the shit they're doing around the music, right? And that's what this is. So, we'll, I mean, first wave, I, I mentioned first wave bands. Those are all just the bands that kind of, like, influenced actual genre of black metal the closest one that actually sounds to what they're doing in my opinion is bathory it's way more necro than something like even merciful fate well yeah let's Um, go down that list of bands real quick and even celtic frost I, i i think celtic frost actually had a pretty good sound you know i mean yeah but like venom makes all you know they come up with the name or whatever and it's like it, it's the kickstart of extreme metal in general as a whole thing because it doesn't just go there. They influence thrash. They influence death oh, metal. Yeah. Uh, I would have to think some grind maybe. The whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, and then you got Hellhammer who's super necro, and uh, and a lot of bands embrace that. And then it gets more refined in Celtic Frost. The only real connection I can find with Merciful Fate is the corpse paint and the overt satanic imagery. And aside from that, they're just a heavy metal band, a classic heavy metal band, right? Um, yeah, they're kind of like, I mean, they're not really overly fast or anything like that. Yeah, you know? no, yeah. It's all image, basically. But yeah, you know what? Bathory, I, I think I need to give Bathory more of a, a shot because Daniel D.K., Banger TV Zone, guitarist of Exciter, played one of their songs from like one of their mid 80s albums when they were still considered to be, you know, the first wave, you know, black metal stuff before moving on to other stuff, I guess. And I was like, huh, this is interesting, but I kind of like this. And from what I could tell, it's like, yeah, okay, this, this makes sense as to where they're talking about where the origins are, right? And the dude, um, it was all the one dude, Corthon or whatever. I, I can I never can remember how to pronounce the guy's name. 
I just say Quarthon, but that's that was the big one. I mean, but then you got like aggression from like Creator Sodom, yeah, uh, destruction. You know, so you have like those old, like those um, German, you know, thrash bands and stuff that you know. And then as that went on, I mean, you know, then you got Morbid Angel who makes it even heavier and has all the satanic stuff as well. You know, that it was just it was kind of this big build. You know, it was. Yeah. It was kind of like how death metal was kind of like the natural progression from thrash. I mean, that's kind of what this was. It was because it's kind of going on concurrently, and it was the natural evolution for the other side of that coin. For sure. You know, so you had death metal where it's, you know, like tuned very low, real bassy, you know, real thick sounding to some degree, like, more polished sounding, especially by probably, like, you know, mid-90s and stuff. I mean, those Cannibal Corpse albums sounded really good. Like, the Morbid Angel albums sounded pretty good. And a lot of that was, you know, there's a lot of money in the United States, probably not as much in Europe, especially at the time. And so it was harder for those guys to get a sound. But some of it was, we just can't get the sound. Some of it, though, was our dude kind of so... Second wave, which is really, it should be called the first wave. Cause I mean, this is where real, like real, like the genre black metal starts to sound the yeah. way it sounds. But Varg Vikernes or Vikernes or whatever his name is, Varg, you know, he's, he's in a band called Burzum. I remember watching a show with him where he's talking about, he specifically asked the studio uh, that to give him the shittiest mics that they had. And I think he recorded a lot of the album, and it was all him, but he recorded a lot of the album. He ended up, I think the shittiest mic they had was a headset. Hmm, interesting. And he literally recorded a lot of that stuff like that. You know, they, they wanted a unpolished, like a really unpolished sound because they were going against, well, I mean, they were actually going against everything, right? Yeah, right. So you kind of have two guys spearheading this thing, and it's, Basically, uh, Euronymous. I'm not going to use any of the real names because the real names are fucking crazy, and yeah. no one really, you know, you know, probably no one knows him. You know, Oystein, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like two guys, and then there's a third kind of guy that's like kind of doing his thing also. But the two main dudes is like definitely Euronymous and Varg, and Euronymous, he's the one that started the uh, Helvet. So it's a record store called Helvet, which is Hell. Funny enough, he actually started with his parents' money. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we can get into all that later. <laughs> I mean, too. this whole thing, this whole thing starts because in Norway and to some degree Sweden, they had it pretty good. Yeah, they're just a bunch of bored teenage fucking well, suburban they were, kids. But you got to think too, as humans. Um, you see, we, you know, we've all seen the Matrix, where it's like, oh, the first versions of the Matrix was utopia. You guys, everything was fucking good. And you guys kept rejecting it. That's what these guys are. Everything was too good. Mm-hmm. They didn't like that, you know. And then couple that with now, all of a sudden, you know, McDonald's is showing up in Oslo. Um, you know, the American corporations are starting to come in, and and every Scandinavian. You know, especially at that time, probably even still now. I mean, they probably still, you know, if you really look behind the scenes of their culture, their culture was really 
just completely ruined by Christianity. Right. You know, I mean, I could see how, you know, everybody from Scandinavia to some degree could have a little bit of pent up anger at, at, at that sort of thing. You know, and I mean, other people doesn't bother them, whatever. So, but you had these kids that were, I mean, and th- that's the other thing. These, they're kids, dude. These dudes were young as fuck when all this started. He's got this fucking big record store, man. They didn't want a bunch of lights in there, so they had fucking candles and, you know, and this and that. And they had like a basement in there and it had like just fucked up walls, you know, and they were painting on the side, you know, pentagrams and all the stuff. I mean, they were super into it. And it was, for the law, like for until Varg came around, it really was just kind of like this is kind of like our thing. This is our look, and they're making the music that they're making, and it's completely fucking different. Euronymous was playing totally like I mean, just out there shit compared to what everybody else was doing at the time. And from everything I've read and seen, he was kind of the one that changed everything for black metal music wise. The big long tremolo picked you know, melody, melodic runs, you know, and stuff like that. And and then the weird song structures too, that kind of like, um, Isan, you know, of Emperor really all of a sudden, like took that to like a whole new level. Cause he's like a music, a musical genius. And then Varg came along and that's when it all became super serious because Varg wasn't so much about the music. He was more about the movement. Euronymous mm-hmm. was more about the music and less about the movement. And so you had this culmination of these two guys that were, it was almost like they were one. They're both opposite sides of the same coin, which made them like one person. And then you had Fenris from uh, Dark Throne, mm-hmm. who was also in there. And, and I mean, he had a lot to do with like the imagery and stuff, you know, the corpse paint. And I, I think their album cover was the first one. Uh, it might've been the first album cover. I'm seeing that Euronymous was the dude that started the corpse paint thing too. But again, we're going to get into stuff where like, well, they, yeah, that all started. The corpse paint thing was actually some Norwegian folklore, uh, the wild hunt. Yeah. I mean, there's probably roots that run um, deep and all that. Shit. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of a thing, but Dark Throne, so, like, if you look at, like, Mayhem's, um, you know, if you look at Death Crush, the EP, that's, I mean, that's one of my favorite things Mayhem's ever done. And you look at some of those old things, you know, those old album covers, I mean, it it was really pre, we're going to have literally us on the cover of the album in our corpse paint. Like, a la, we've all seen the pictures of Immortal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Invisible Um, Orange is (laughs) dead. Yeah, dude. Uh, so you know we've we've seen those and and, and you know that that f- initial I, I cannot think of the name of the album and I can't really find it right now um, in my Spotify, but it's that f- I think it's the first Dark Throne album where it's like all black and white, but it's like that face in the corner. Oh well, you're talking about the first black metal album, right? Because Dark Throne's first album, Soul Side Journey, and that's that's not even black metal. But I know oh, the one man, you're talking about. Yeah. I can just never remember the name. It's like a black metal trilogy that really gets that whole thing going. I'm and really I, look, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. The only one I remember is Transylvanian Hunger. And I okay, think that's so it's Transylvanian second. Hunger. Is it? That's, okay. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of, which is weird because now, okay, now, so there you go. I found the original. So it's 1994. That's kind of like. Oh wow, maybe it's. Oh no, I'm thinking of a blaze in the northern sky. Yeah, yeah, where it's like literally his face is in the corner. 
And it's like all, other all three of those. Black. There's a blaze yeah. in the northern sky under a funeral mask, I think is mm-hmm. what it's called. Under a funeral moon, sorry. And then Transylvanian Hunger. All three of those are... I don't think it's Fenris, dude. I think it's the other guy. It might be. Like, but when that's, that's, a, that's... It's one of them or both of them. It's literally just them in... I mean, they're so fucking cool looking, dude. They look evil as fuck. Like if that's how like, you prefer to look at it. I, yeah, it, uh, it looks like a horror movie. Yeah. Now, to some people who aren't horror fans and don't get scared by it, all of that shit's ridiculous. I don't look at Jason Voorhees and think, oh, that's scary. Well, it's like I was afraid of shit when I was a kid. These dudes probably scared me when I was a kid, and now it's just it's like I was afraid of the original Evil Dead when I was a kid, and now looking back, it's just like, oh, my God, dude, they literally just caked makeup on these people. And I still love Evil Dead, no mistake. But you know, you have you, you look at it with a different set of eyes after a certain amount of years. Well, yeah, but it also depends on how you feel about good and evil. Also, I think if there is, if if you're gonna look at something that you want to say looks evil, this looks evil. Cal, that death metal stuff that doesn't look evil to me. It's awesome artwork, great yeah. fucking logos, really fucking cool looking shit, but it doesn't look evil to me. You know, like that was that was kind of the thing that I really enjoyed about black metal was it looks evil. And for most of it, it sounds evil. Because to me, when all those people were screaming about Marilyn Manson, like, oh, he's a fucking devil. Dude, Marilyn Manson's way too fucking pretty of music to be fucking devil shit to me. When I think of if you're going to talk about devil music and evil music, right? To me, that sounds ugly. It sounds dissonant. It sounds the opposite of fucking good. <laughs> not saying it sounds bad. Like, I'm not saying, I'm talking good and evil, right? It sounds the opposite. Like, you know, you have the angels in heaven and they have the fucking trumpets and all that, the trumpets of heaven and, oh, you know, that sort of thing. What's the opposite of that? You know, like that sort of thing, right? That's the opposite of that. Well, so and let death me metal, ask death you this. metal wasn't really doing that. Death metal was, to me was more of like horror movie shit. Yeah, it's this sinister-ish. was more like this was more like evil shit. Right. So let me ask you this, because now it's now I'm getting something here. Do you think this has more of a, an effect on you if you grew up in a religious household? I think all of it. Both of them do. Okay, fair, but especially in the case of black metal, where it's like in your face with with just anti everything. Because I didn't grow up in a religious household, but I know you did, right? Yeah. So I wonder, I just wonder if there's something to that because, like, I just don't get that same thing. But, like, maybe there's well, something there's, because of that. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I had, I'd have to ask my little brother, like, because he does listen to some black metal, mostly old stuff, but he still is in the church. And so he, you know, has this little struggle from time to time. And he listens to a ton of death metal. So mm-hmm. him and his buddy, like, his, one of his buddies, hope I don't throw him under the bus. I won't say any <laughs> names, but he works for the Mormon Church. But he's mm-hmm. a big death metal fan, and it is kind of a big struggle. I, I think, you know, for 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 them because it would be the same of them watching Exorcist. Mm. You know, for someone who, I mean, I watched The Exorcist. I grew up in a religious household. It didn't scare me at all. Nor I. But I do know people who grew up in religious households and people who didn't that were scared shitless of that fucking movie because of the fucking devil shit. There's a lot of people who aren't necessarily religious, 
But the idea of the devil tempting people and the idea of devil possessing people scares the living shit out of them. So that's where I say to your question, probably no. Hmm. And that's the only reason I would say no. But I just think now, do you have any, do you have in your head at all any idea of what something evil would look like? Hmm. Or does that never enter your head? Because that, guess, to me, yeah. would be a bigger deal. I guess it never enters my head, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, see, I've always had in my head, because I like the idea of, well, okay, so I like the idea of duality. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I've seen that's real in this world, is duality. So there's good and there's evil. There's light and dark. There's, you know, science. There's an equal and opposite reaction, you know, for every action, right? That's, that's duality. That's the one thing I've seen in this life that is actual true in everything. There's always duality. And so to me, it's like if I'm going to have, you know, be shown these images of what would be good, I want to see images that are considered evil. It just so happens I think the ones that look evil look cooler. I've heard that from people where they just like, it's not necessarily that they're like into satanic imagery or whatever as far as like believing in what it stands for. It's just, it's like comforting to them or whatever. Yeah, it just looks, it just looks cool, man. I mean, it's, it's the same as like, you know, there's, um, there's some people with horror movies. They like, you know, the real gore stuff. And then there's other people that don't like so much gore. They want to be scared. You know, it's, it's, there's different um, interpretations of all this stuff. And, you know, case in point, something like Blair Witch Project. I mean, on one hand, that's, you know, that's, a lot of people are like, that's fucking lame as fuck. Like, not scary at all. But maybe someone who's been lost in the woods could be scary. Maybe someone who is scared shitless of ghosts could be scary to them. So... It all really depends on how you're interpreting all of this stuff. But I understand. I mean, I can look at these guys, whether however I feel about it, and I can understand what it is they're trying to do. You know, just like Slipknot wearing masks. You know, I mean, I understand what they were trying to do. You know, you're getting a visual element, and you're trying to visually represent your music, preferably in a way that um, adheres. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, You know, so... But it's all music, you know, you had, it's all music. Every, all music has a look. The look shifts from time to time. But I mean, look at all the dudes in the fucking leather jackets. The, the, you know, the standard leather metal jacket. The battle vest, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all the same fucking thing, man. You had the, the new metal kids with the fucking jinkos and the fucking skate shoes. You had, you know, the thrash guys with the super tight pants with the high tops. And, you know, the leather jacket bullet belts and all that shit. I mean, it, there's always been a look to all this stuff. These guys just really take it to a whole different level, dude. You know, and to some degree, so does Guar. So does Mudvayne. So does Slipknot. So does, you know, so did Kiss. Mm -hmm. You know, so did Marilyn Manson, David Bowie. I mean, there's always C Cradle of Filth. Perfect example right there. I mean, they, it's over the top. But that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to be over the top, right? Right. But for Euronymous, that's that's what his goal was to be over the top. It was to really change things in music, where Varg really wanted to change, if not the world, he wanted to change Norway. 
and that's where all of a sudden now you start doing real deal shit, man. So now all of a sudden, Varg fucking thought, how can we sit here and tell people we're fucking evil, we're fucking evil, and we're not doing anything? Like if at some point we have to do something. You know, essentially to keep your rep, which this is the same as, you know, someone listening to fucking or someone doing a gangster rap album and I got to go fucking sell some crack or I got to go shoot somebody over the block. You know, like that's kind of the same thing. So that was that was kind of what this was. They they started going around and, you know, it's an actual I don't know if you would call it a political move, but I mean, they really burnt down. And now these churches that they're burning down. There's a name for them. I can't think of what it's called. It starts with an S. I just can't. Skult or something like I that. I have no idea. Essentially what it is, is it's, it's a um, stave. They're stave churches or stav. Basically what it is, is these churches are all made of wood. So when they go burn them, they fucking burn all the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. For some of them, they're just young and dumb, trying to be in the fucking scene. They're kind of just going along with it. They're like, fuck yeah, let's go. Probably fucking hammered. You know, fuck yeah, dude, let's fucking do it. You know, like, all right, cool. And they fucking take off with Varg, you know, and they burn some of these churches down. Beautiful churches. It's a bummer they got burned down, but I understand what they were trying to do, and it's the way it goes, right? I mean, I've I've had this argument with people where they talk about, like, oh, it's so terrible, they had to burn down these fucking churches, and I'm like... These uh, structures, religious structures that have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. I'm like, God, dude, cry me a river. How much shit has the Christian church destroyed? Tons of it. Not yeah. And not just architecture, man. Literature. Cultures. Just, just destroyed it all. You know, so cry me a river on that. But was... Like to Varg, this was a big statement. To a lot of these guys, man, they they've all some of the guys got thrown in jail. Like you know, Samoth from fucking Emperor. I think Faust never really. I mean, he was with them, but he he got busted on a different thing that we'll get into later. But oh yeah, but I mean, you know, um, I think a bath might have been one of those dudes. It was either oh, him maybe. or Necro Butcher or both. I assume all the mayhem dudes. That that's the thing about the immortal dudes was I don't really know where they stood because I thought like their whole thing was they were just kind of in on the joke of how hokey it all was and they kind of played it up. So I don't actually know what their involvement with all those dudes is. I mean, they those du- the, a lot of these dudes fucking went with him, you know. And for them, like I said, it was just it's the same as you know kids being kids you know, vandalizing something. Now, for a lot of people who've never done that, a lot of people have never understood that, it's you'll never understand it. Because a lot of times, the kids that are doing it back then, you know, and now, the kids that do stuff like that, they don't even understand it. Not everybody makes the right decision. If that was the case, everybody, the world would be perfect, right? So, the one guy who had a specific fucking agenda was Varg. He was doing this with a purpose and everybody else was just kind of down for the ride, right? Now, as much as I say Euronymous was down for the music, in a way, this is kind of what, this is kind of, he was down for this, right? So, Euronymous, I don't know if we said he's, you know, part of Mayhem and they had a singer named Dead who was massively depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, he really was the, he was like the David Lee Roth of black metal, right? He was. It's <laughs> an interesting way to put it, but yeah, I could see that. But he was like the showman. I mean, he was cutting himself on stage. He was. Yeah. He was having people like 
he he would be buried, you know, and then dug up, and then he would like go to the show in those clothes, so it like looked like he just got out of the ground. Like mm-hmm. he was one of the first guys, you know, like that wanted to wear, um, not the normal corpse paint that we're all used to, but like death paint, right? right. To make himself yeah. look dead. He was one of the first guys like that, right? And he was, he really took it. He was, he was like a, he's a cross between like David Lee Roth and Heath Ledger, RIPD. But like he, he really was, a, he was method with it, right? He, and some of that was probably his depression egging him on a little bit, but he really took it and really blew it up and kind of gave the rest of these guys, you know, guys like Demu Borgir and who's very visual, Marduk, very visual, Dark Funeral, uh, we just said there, a Cradle Filth, another one. I mean, this is kind of like the guy that modeled that, like the guy that started that, this this real showmanship type thing. Even Varg said it, like the guy was just a, he was just amazing showman. I mean, he you know, that's what he did. And so he ends up, whatever it may be, he can't, essentially he can't handle life. And he blows his brains out with a shotgun. Now, Euronymous was heading to his house. I think it was two days later. I want to say he was in there for a little while. And Euronymous gets in there. And Euronymous is the one that finds him. Dead on the fucking floor. Shotgun laying there. Brains all over the fucking place. Euronymous doesn't immediately call the cops. He doesn't immediately call the hospital. He goes and gets a fucking camera. Mm -hmm. Takes a picture of the dude. And turns it into an album cover. Not only that, he arranges shit around the room to serve the photos. Like, like he was deep into it. Dude. Right. So, you know, and there's, there's rumors of, you know, he took pieces of his skull and made pendants and, you know, vials of blood for all the band members. I mean, there's, you know, that's the, par- the one thing that makes this so fucking amazing to me is... The myth behind all of it, right? The myths. Yeah. Um, kind there's of like, a lot of... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's a lot of conflicting information between all these people, too. That's the oh, thing. Yeah. So, you, like, unless you have, like, tangible evidence of a lot of things, you got to kind of go at these people's words, because they're not, you know... A lot of a lot of these statements are conflicting. I mean, granted, oh, yeah. everything here, yeah, we're, you know... But it's like photographic um, evidence of what fucking happened between Euronymous <laughs> and Ted's dead body, right? It's but like you guys confirmed Aussie. that... Yeah, well, it's Ozzy on a whole nother level. Oh, so ironic, you mentioned that, just random tangent. The dude that played dead in the Lord, what is it? Lords of Chaos. Lords of Chaos. I wanted to say like five different things. Thanks. Lords of Chaos movie is Jack Kilmer, Val Kilmer's kid, who then later played Ozzy in the, I think, Under the Graveyard uh, music video. So weird connection there. But I think it was two dudes in... If not mayhem, certainly the Norwegian scene confirmed that uh, Euronymous had a necklace made of skull shards. Now, oh. whether or not we can trust that, who knows? Maybe they're all in on it, just kind of like spreading the, you know, letting the mythology grow. But that's what they right. Say, it's so. it's it's Aussie snort ants, right? It's mm-hmm. it's um, you know some of those legends of Jimi Hendrix walked into a open mic night you know, in England somewhere and, and Eric Clapton was there and Jimmy Page was there and they all did a jam session together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's big like mythology that it, it makes it more than just music, kind of. <laughs> you know, it's it's really cool. Um and I I've been trying to think of another kind of music. I mean, 
obviously you have with with rap music you have you have a lot of street shit going on right and you have a lot of name dropping in songs in rap songs where they're actually naming off like gang members or you know crack dealers or these dudes from the block these girls from the block and it's like there's only so many people who know what those people were doing Mm -hmm. and some of those people especially as they get older you know they they get old timer you know the the old fogey um, it's not a disease. I call. I just like to make fun of it and say, like, you know, it's when the old fogies start really blowing up their stories, making their stories bigger than life, right? You know, Grandpa, tell me a story. You know, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's just sure. really making it huge. That's kind yeah. of what this is like, you know. And it was, and I mean, Euronymous saw it right off the bat. He was like, you know, I can take this picture, and I mean, it's instant notoriety. Like that's basically what it is. It's. It's instant fucking notoriety. And to some degree, I think the people around there probably knew that as well. Like, you know, if we, you know, make Euronymous into this big, you know, living legend, if we make Varg into this living legend, if we make, you know, Isan, if we make Samoth and Faust and, you know, Gaul, you know, if we spread these stories, this become so much fucking bigger and it's it's so much more than music if you've ever been in a band chances are dude like you want people to like your music like you want fans right i mean that's kind of one of the goals correct i mean if you want to be in a working band right yeah i guarantee you dude most fucking bands outside of the genre of black metal would love to have fans of their music that are as fucking into it and so hooked on all of it like they are black metal. They're a very, um, you know, people talk about Slayer having rabid fans, dude, just like those fucking crazy fucking, you know, fucking Slayer. Like, that's how black metal fans are, dude. A lot of them. Not all Mm -hmm. of them, but a lot of them are like that, man. They're really super into it. And it's because of shit like this. They feel like they're in on the story, right? They feel like there's this. They're in on the mythology. They feel like they know some of these people. You know, kind of like why Dimebag is still. You know, people are still doing, you know, fucking concerts about Dimebag Daryl, right? It's. There's been plenty of guitar players that were fucking awesome that a lot of people love that fucking have died and died in crazy ways, but they don't get that same treatment. A lot of it's because those vulgar videos. People felt like they knew Dimebag Daryl. And that's how some of this was. So, I mean, these fans that are hanging around hell, which became this big black metal hangout, you know, and it's, it's funny because it's like on one hand, it's funny. And on the other hand, it's super fucking dedicated, dude. And I don't think there's a lot of people that have dedicated anything. They've never even come close to this kind of dedication to literally anything in their fucking life other than maybe f- doing what society tells you to do, right? That's the only thing I can compare it to. But when you're a fucking kid and you're dressed up in fucking corpse, you took the time to dress up in corpse paint and then you took the fucking, you had to swallow that down real quick. Ask your parents for a fucking ride to the record store. Maybe have them drop you off a block away so you can walk over and be with people that you feel are with you. They accept you. You're part of that group. There's not a lot of people with that kind of fucking dedication, dude. I mean, other than, like I said, you know, doing what society fucking tells you to do. You know, these kids were fucking into it, man. 
And, and whether they were on Varg's side, where they were super into the message of black metal, or if they were on the Euronymous side, where they were just kind of just, they just liked the music, right? It's so huge. It's, it's, it, it's massive. And that's one of the cool things about music, too. There's a reason why when we fucking see somebody walking down the street and we fucking see that, you know, they have a Metallica fucking shirt on, it, there's a look there. There's a, there's a feeling of, there's one of us. Right, because nine times out of ten, right? That you know, and, and you know, chances are, if you're wearing a fucking metal shirt, that person's wearing a metal shirt, and you see each other, you may not fucking say anything, but a lot of times people do say stuff. You know, and a lot of it is because people trying to connect, and one of the biggest connections we could have with other people is music. I mean, that's why everybody goes to fucking concerts. It's not always just about listening to the music. If that was the fucking case, we'd all sit at home listening to the fucking albums all day. The reason we go to concerts is you're trying to connect with the artist and you're trying to be part of that crowd. There's a different type of connection, a different type of energy that's there. And I think that's a lot of what, what people missed during fucking you know, all the lockdown shit when there were no more concerts. And this is people of all different types of genres I've, I've been, I had seen all fucking last year. You know, people of friends of mine that love country music that are aching to go to a fucking concert. They want to be part of that energy. You know, and these kids were doing that, you know, via concerts and this one record store called Hell. It's still a place that people, when they're, you know, touring or just sightseeing or whatever, make a point to go, especially that basement or whatever. Something about, like, going to that same one wall. Everybody has the shot pointing to the fucking things on the wall or whatever. It's a point of interest. I don't know if it's still an operating um, record store or not, but people still go to that basement or whatever. Yeah, there's a basement that has a, not fancy graffiti, but it has, you know, it says black metal on it. And it's yeah. one of the few things that still remains there from those days. So Euronymous owned Death Like Silence Productions, which was a record label, which shows you, oddly enough, I mean, how young he was. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, some people think he was ridiculous. But he was very serious about the music part, you know, to the point where he started a label. Um, he did sign Burzum, which brings us to the murder of Euronymous, which there's three different, there's three main stories. Um... One is Varg's story, then there's the cop story, and then there's um, there's the guy that went with Varg. I can't remember his name, but he was a... Uh, oh, it was Necro Butcher. Oh, the right? bassist from... Uh, I have no idea. I think it was him. Well, that, no, it was a different yeah. dude that went with him. Yeah, because I was going to say, we'll get into Blackthorn. that later, but he's, he has a story of his own, apparently. Yeah, Blackthorn is the one that went with him, right? So, basically, they had this whack fucking... They, they, they went to Euronymous's place, who lived in Bergen, and they both lived in Oslo. I don't know how far that is from each other. You know, I don't, I'm not sure how far that is away. I'll do the math but real quick. Essentially, Varg shows up at Euronymous' house. Snore, Blackthorn, Rush, of the Banthorns, drove uh, uh, Varg to Euronymous' apartment. Oh, so they lived in Bergen. Euronymous lived in Oslo. No way. Seven hours? Holy shit. Are you serious? <laughs> I guess. Really? Fuck. Wow. Hell, man. Okay. So, essentially, what happens? Euronymous answers the door. There's a confrontation, and it's uh, Varg stabs Euronymous to death. Uh, his body was found. Uh, I think it was outside the apartment. 
Yeah, so he wasn't inside the apartment, but he was found. There was 23 cut wounds, um, two to the head, five to the neck, and I think the rest were in the back. So now Varg has a couple embellishments on the story. There was one where he, he stuck him in the fucking head so hard the knife got stuck. I've heard that, The yeah. police basically said that's not true. That wasn't the case. Um, some people think that there was a little bit of a power struggle. Varg, you know, was more, like I said, they were two, they're opposite side of the coin. One was about the music, one's about the, the movement, right? So some people thought Varg, you know, like, oh, he's, you know, he still has more of a hold on whatever. And, and, and so he went to go kill him or whatever. Other people say it was about the contract. I guess Varg, you know, claimed that he was going to give uh, Euronymous, um, Essentially saying he's off the label. He's he's out of the label, which I don't think that's how contracts work, but <laughs> maybe they well, do. Well, black metal contracts might be a whole different maybe, thing. Hey, this is how they officiate the black yeah, metal contract. Maybe right they here. do that in Norway. I don't know. But, you know, and I yeah. don't know if I, I – it's, it's funny because I've never really looked into Death Like Silence Productions, but I don't know if it was, like, an actual, like, legit business. But from yeah, what I knows. do know, Euronymous never paid anybody. Like, he didn't pay anybody royalties at all. I don't know how much of this stuff was getting, was, like, getting money, but the albums were selling, dude. And, and he just wasn't, you know, he was using the money for Mayhem shit and for Helvet. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't really paying anybody. So there's, you know, that's one reason why people buy into the, you know, Varg was upset that, you know, there's, that's the other one is he was upset because of the money problem, right? Yeah, that seems, I've heard. It's like, how much money really, does he owe you? You're gonna drive seven fucking hours to go stab the dude twenty three. It's like fucking Christ, man. Yeah, are you gonna go into the fortune teller thing at all? <laughs> I, I'm not aware of the fortune teller. Let's hear it. Okay, so there's some other thing. I don't remember the exact details, but apparently it was Varg was um, went to a fortune teller or something like that, a palm reader or something, and said, "Hey, this dude's gonna kill you." So he was basically acting in self defense or something like that. I'm sure if you look it up, it's a much oh, more detailed okay. story. Okay, yeah. I know the self-defense angle. I just don't remember the fortune teller part. I mean, that's part of it. There's there's other stuff with the self-defense angle, but if I'm not mistaken, that was one of them. But like they had like, some again, lame. They had some lame alibi where they like rented a movie. Oh really? Yeah, they rented a movie, and it, they made sure to rent a movie that they both seen. So if they were asked about it, they would be able to, you know, say they watched the movie or whatever. <laughs> I, that's actually not a lame alibi. It's kind of a normal alibi. I mean, that's. There's been plenty of people who've tried shit like that, right? So uh, just interesting. But I mean, it's 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 fucking nuts. I mean, you know, Var gets 21 years. Did he serve the whole thing? I think I don't. I'm not sure, man. But I mean, it wasn't just for the murder. I mean, that was he. That was for, right. They all tied it up. Yeah, that was yeah. like arson for I think four churches, and I mm-hmm. think he had bombs or or some kind of gun. He had guns or bombs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? for like, sure. But see. The other thing, too, is like the, these guys weren't the only guys burning churches. I mean, there was other people burning churches as well. Like maybe they gave him the Capone where they just fucking like right, put it all on right. him to, but, you know, yeah. I know he copped to at least two of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we got to get into Faust, who basically lived in Lillehammer, who I've always known Lillehammer as the Winter Olympics, which is actually where he was at. Right. Um, some park for the winter that they made for the Winter Olympics. Long story short gay guy hits on him asks him to go up in the woods with him and faust agrees they start walking up there and at some point man fucking faust just stabbed the shit out of the guy there's a lot of them right it was 16 
I'm trying to look uh, it up now, but sixteen what stab wounds? I think so. Like, Something like that, yeah. So long and short of it too, because like let me find it here. It's associated as like a homophobic murder. Yes. Um, and like the thing, well, apparently he came out and was just like, I didn't, you know, I didn't care that the guy was gay. I just wanted to kill somebody. And so the one thing I've also heard recently is Gaul from Gorgoroth. I don't even know if that's technically the case that he's in Gorg. You know, there's a whole thing with that. But Gaul came out and he said, was. when I came out to the, uh, I mean, he was, but like, there's two Gorgoroths, or there was. I don't know which was which is which now. Yeah. But uh, Gaul came out and said, hey, man, when I came out as gay, he was the first one to congratulate me, and so it's just like, okay, so maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't do it for that reason, but he still fucking killed a guy. And he got uh, 14 years. That's the thing is, if you look at all these prison sentences, dude, and like, I guess that's just how they do it in Scandinavia. Fucking all these guys, hit, you know. X number of years for fucking Varg. For Faust, it was 14. For who I'm guessing is going to come up later, it was seven. And they all fucking got to do whatever afterwards. And that's the Sam big up, thing, too. Sam up did, I think, he only got like 16 months. But that was for, did he do some murder, too, or was that just no, arson? No, it was for the church burning, but it was basically okay, like yeah. he was considered, um, we call it, like, like an accessory. accessory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, um, Gaul who, as far as I know, I don't know of any other openly gay black metal scene people, but, I mean, yeah, Gaul was one that came out and said, hey, hey, dude, Gaul's a fucking crazy motherfucker. Oh, yeah, man. Like, that's one dude that, like, you know why? It's because he's quiet. <laughs> that's that's one that kind of creeps me out. He's, he's like, true. really, really quiet. Yeah. yeah, dude, like, that fucking dude. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. It's, just, it's like, okay, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't, killing the guy because he was gay maybe it really was just like it was easier because the guy was gay because he could get him alone yeah that i think that's what they were alluding to you again know, but either I mean, way you slice it he killed a guy so well, fuck him. right it it shouldn't really matter i mean you know yeah. i mean whatever i want to point one other thing out was like like they gave him you know when emperor started doing these reunion shows they had one with um with faust and nobody really called him out except for Jeff Walker from Carcass that day, which more power to Jeff, dude. That makes me love him even more. And they also recently had a streaming event where he was part of it. So not as hot on Emperor as I once was after all that. Unlike, I guess people make the argument for time served. Fucking whatever, man. That's just me. To each their own, but yeah. Did you want to move on to, or did you have anything else on Faust or any of that? No, I mean, it's it's just a really, I mean, I wouldn't say it was an, a really cool time. I mean, I'm sure it's just like, fuck, I mean, these are like specific events. I mean, this stuff was going on for a while. There's mm-hmm. probably a lot of good times as well. Oh, for sure. If you want to hear more on that stuff, dude, like listen to uh, the last podcast on the left. They actually have a three-part, a three-episode series oh, on okay. Norwegian black metal. And they're fun. Like, they're, you know, they're all comedians or whatever. So they're all busting balls, making fun of all these guys or whatever. It's it's a fun mm-hmm. ep- it's a fun three episodes. If you want to get, like, really deep into it, man, like, check that fucking shit out. But, yeah, I mean, we can go to, you know, second wave where, like, Shit starts getting, I mean, for one, it starts getting out of Scandinavia. And for two, all of a sudden, here comes the fucking keyboards, boys. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know well, so I that's mean, the fuck. interesting thing is like, when I think of second wave, it is everything we just mentioned where it's, I guess it's all kind of interconnected because you got your mayhem, your Gorgoroth, your, 
I guess Satyricon's even considered part of that. I'm not. I'm not super up to date on Satyricon except for that "Fueled by Hatred" song or whatever. Well, Satyricon really changed quick. They went to the Death and Roll sound pretty fucking fast. A lot mm-hmm. of these bands, but Bathory only had like three real black metal style albums, and then they really kind of shifted to Viking metal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mayhem didn't have a whole shitload of shit. Well, they broke up for a while too, right? Yeah, like they, right they after Euronymous died, they basically like had to come back from you know essentially two deaths. Yeah, yeah, you know, which so, makes sense. You know, it's like fuck. You know, they didn't really get a whole lot out at first, but you know, yeah, some of these some of these bands spill over into the weird thing is this never really called the third wave. It's just <laughs> two plus. Yeah, for sure. To me, it's like it should be either the second, you know, the third wave, or it really should be called the second wave because the first wave. Okay, we're not gonna call Black Sabbath the first wave of de- of metal. You know, it's just it's the influence, right? But I mean, yeah, I mean, this is where you've got Emperor really like. I mean, they were a band back then, but I mean, they really fucking buzzed because like right around the time Samoth went to jail, I think it was like right when their first album came out. Mm-hmm. Faust went to jail out shortly after. I mean, but then you know, here comes Immortal. Here comes Dimu Borgir. Here comes Ancient. Here comes Covenant. Yeah. Here comes Satyricon. So that's what I'm wondering: is is Emperor the bridge between those two eras of Norway, like the Norwegian scene? I guess because it seems like it almost, right? Emperor's kind of the bridge, and I also think, I mean, Gorgoroth is probably as well because I mean, they were one of those early ones that also was still going. Yeah, that's true. They never stopped, huh? Um, Dark Throne, when did they change fully? Here's the thing. When they start off, that's a lot of the thing. A lot of these fucking bands started off as death metal bands. Immortal has one uh, demo where they're de- straight up death metal. That's the only thing I like by Immortal. Before Emperor, they were called You Shalt Suffer or something like that. And that was a whole different band before they changed their name to Emperor. And then Dark Throne starts out as a HM2S, you know, they go full on to Sunlight Studio to record with the dude that makes the Entombed Elms uh, death metal band in, on Soulside Journey. It's right after that that they make the change. And it's it's funny because I regard that, you know, everything we just talked about, Under a Funeral Moon, A Blaze of the Northern Sky, Transylvanian Hunger, each one progressively gets more lo-fi and tinny and, and shittier sounding, which I think is kind of conducive with that too. And as long as we're calling motherfuckers out Fenris does admit there was some troubled racial history in those early days of a black metal which he has since apologized for so props to him on that and again because i don't have a real affinity for the black metal part of dark throne i don't know how many actual albums it is but around the mid 2000s they make another change where they start being more influenced by crust punk and they do that for a pretty decent amount of time, like maybe a decade. And then they start incorporating more stuff from like classic heavy metal, speed metal, parts of thrash, even some parts of like old death metal, like like obituary. Because uh, again, the whole thing, this whole thing's a reaction to how polished and commercial, quote unquote, you know, death metal got in the early 90s. But, you know, when they went back, it's ah, there's some merit to be had in like obituary stuff. They make that into what they're doing now and truth be told that's my favorite dark throne stuff dude hardship of the scots off the last album is like the best classic heavy metal song by a not heavy classic heavy metal band you know like they got some cool creative shit and something else i always admired about dark throne is the fact that they refuse to play live like they did a handful of shows in nori back in the day and they're like nope just recorded output from here on out there was a third dude at one point I don't remember what his deal was, but it's just been Fenris and the other guy for X number of years now. 
And yeah, they're the, one of the ones that kept going too. I wonder if part of that has to do with the fact that they didn't, um, you know, play live at all. But like Fenris is one of those guys. He's another kind of figurehead. Figurehead? Yeah, we're going figurehead in in of the scene where it's just like everybody. Oh, he, he's a funny guy, man. Like he's just. He's well, a, he also like, kind of dismissed a lot of the old true cult type stuff. Yeah. He's he's one of the ones that really kind of like, you know, kind of came out of it and was just like, you know, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, whatever. Essentially, like, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's always somebody that does that stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, Emperor stopped wearing corpse paint at some point. Uh, even if you look at the way Mayhem does now, they all look different from one another. You know, it's, it differs from band to band. And, yeah, and, like, a lot of those dudes aren't into Satanism anymore. Like, now they're into just, like, you know, straight-up Norwegian... I guess just Norse mythology, worshiping Odin and shit. I think it's hard to do. It's hard to do the satanic thing nowadays because there is no satanic panic. Uh, you have right because people, so many more people have connected via social media. You mm-hmm. do have a lot more people that are okay with being non-religious or if not atheist. Right. You know, so it is a little bit more difficult. I've I've read stuff with um, about horror movies where. You know, the horror movies that are like, you know, the satanic stuff don't necessarily do as well anymore. Not like they Mm -hmm. used to, because it's just not considered a a, a big thing now. Although I do also can't help but think maybe it's because I think a lot of people nowadays, because of things like social media and the internet, where the world got smaller. Right, yeah. And now, at any given time, you could see the actual true horrors of society, the true horrors of the world and for a lot of people, that's more scarier than the thought of, you know, Satan or the devil or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like if you think about it, like, that whole era of when the second wave black metal stuff was really kicking off is when the world was arguably, like, you know, didn't have a lot to worry about back then. Now, dude, it's a very different basket of puppies. It's, well, it's funny. It's I mean, a very it, different world. It did. It's always had a lot to worry about. It's just no one knew about it. True. No one knew yeah. about most of it. You know, and and so now what what it is is everybody's, you know, everybody knows about all this stuff, and and so things like, you know, Satan and the devil and things like that, you know, certain things like the boogeyman, shit like that. I mean, it's it just doesn't scare people anymore, or not as many people. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I there's still plenty of religious people. They're they're still in the majority, and the, this shit probably still scares the fuck out of them. I mean, if they were to ever come across it, but the difference is, is like. There's no way, like, why would they ever come across it? Right, yeah. Well, I was going to say, there's a, there's always been a surge of, uh, what do they call it, dude? The the, the Christian black metal bands. Oh, so, yeah. There's, what, unblack metal? Unblack metal is the one. I've also heard <laughs> white metal, which you got to be really careful throwing that term around. Well, the weirdest, uh, well, yeah, but white metal, the weird thing about that is it sounded nothing like fucking black metal. It wasn't like Christian yeah. version of black metal. I mean, that was more like trouble. But yeah, so there's, like, I gotta investigate this more, but apparently there's, like, a whole wave of Christian black metal bands coming up that's getting some attention. I mean, fuck, dude, Under Oath started as a black metal band, and they recently reprinted their shirt from when they had, or when they had a black metal logo from those days, too, that's kind of amusing. Huh. Yeah, yeah so this it's stuff, interesting this to see stuff how spread all over, and it's morphed into a lot of different things. I mean, Cradle of Filth from, you know, out in England and stuff, you know, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, technically, like, Behemoth over in Poland... You know, mm-hmm. you had obviously fucking dissection and Marduk from fucking Sweden were like two huge. 
Which, you know, again, like some of these, I don't want to get too into like the music stuff because I would like to do episodes on a lot of these, make you listen to some of that. Since you, the, uh, since you made me listen to, uh, what was that, Protest the Hero. Real quick, damn, man. Real quick, yeah, man, yeah, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to list off. Like, okay, so this is just from the Wikipedia, and this is welcome to, we're reading the Wikipedia real quick. Ambient black metal, Black Doom. Mm-hmm. This one's super specific, depressive suicidal black metal. Which I actually <laughs> like a lot. Some of that stuff I've heard, Red, I do enjoy. Black and Roll, Blackened mm-hmm. Crust, Red and Anarchistic Black Metal, Blackened Death Doom, Blackened Death Metal, Melodic Black Death, War Metal, mm-hmm. Blackened Grindcore, Blackened Thrash Metal, Folk Black Metal, Pagan Metal, and Viking Metal, which all have elements of it, Industrial Black Metal, Post-black metal, of course. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. there be a post-something? Black gaze, as in shoegaze. Mm-hmm. National socialist black metal. That's the bad Psychedelic. One. That's the really bad one. You know, and if you're going to do that, just be part of that so everybody fucking knows we don't have to fucking yeah. listen to it, right? Exactly, but yeah, yeah. psychedelic black metal. Raw black metal. I thought all black metal was fairly raw. Most of it, anyway. Yeah, no kidding. Symphonic yeah. black metal. Okay, guess mm-hmm. that's not that raw. And unblack yeah. metal, or also known as Christian black metal. There you go. So there's, this has really fucking delved into a lot of different fucking genres. And for the most part, man, like I, because I've had people ask me, you know, like what makes black metal black metal, right? What are some of the notable style, like stylings? you know of the music that that makes it black metal it's it's there's a lot of stuff um for one the guitars um it's usually a lot of unmuted or you know eh, not necessarily all unmuted but a lot of tremolo picking so double picking city right oh yeah that sort of thing um consistent double picked you know tremolo power chords as well um lots of gain on the guitars and generally less bass on the guitars, so the guitars sound a little more trebly than normal. There's a lot of dissonance in their stuff as well, from the scales to their progressions to, you know, if it's symphonic, like the other instruments they have, like Emperor on Prometheus has that crazy harpsichord shit, and it's doing like these fucking psychotic fucking harmonies, and it's it's just, it's uncomfortable sounding. Um, yeah. You know, there's okay. So I mean, and the rest of it's like okay. The bass guitar is there for the most part, man. I mean, but a lot of times it's it's not overly bassy. So you have the um, essentially what is a lot of times the bass guitar is just doubling, you know, or playing a different melody line with a lot of distortion on it or whatever. And then you have the synthesizers and orchestras, that sort of thing. There's a ton of blast beats, dude. Like it's blast oh, yes. beat fucking city with black metal, dude. A lot of it. You know, is thirteen forty nine. Oh fuck! You know that's the one I really want to get into more, dude. Like, um, oh yeah, I've been really sure. looking to get. I want to really dive into it because they have quite the catalog. Mm-hmm. But you know, like guys like Frost and Hellhammer really brought that. And then you get to the point where you're like Nick Barker, those kind of guys. I mean, fuck, dude, they're just fucking monsters, right? A lot of stamina. <laughs> yeah, you know, to say the least. Oh yeah, and then you know you have um, the song structures. A lot of times. Not so much the early stuff, but, like, as it went on, you know, you had, like, you were saying, like, that Baroque style, and I, I think this is where a lot of it, you know, however you want to feel about it, I mean, it's it's 
to some degree, musical genius. I mean, guys like Isan and stuff, the way they, they was putting songs together. Oh, yeah, for sure. At, I mean, especially for the time. Like, it was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, what the... Like, there wasn't a lot of stuff like that, right? It's, it's a la death metal, where it's like, you know, it's a different type of song comprehension and songwriting and song structure. It's a little... I mean, I guess this extreme's a good word. It's a little more extreme. It's a little more complex. Um, right. I mean, as far as the vocals go, yeah, I mean, most of them are the high screams, but I mean, you do have, well, I mean, that's where you get into the blackened this and blackened that. Like, dude, some of those fucking genres are really fucking cool. Some of those bands are really cool. A band like Belphegor, where it's like blackened death metal. Like, mm-hmm. it mixes black metal and death metal. Oh, it's so fucking good, dude. Like, really fucking cool. But yeah, there's death growls in there, and there's also the high pitch. But for the most part, true black metal has that really fucking shrieking highs, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays, nowadays, this was definitely more so back in the day, but nowadays, you like guitar players, you have vocalists that can do kind of everything. And so it's what ends up happening is it's hard to tell everybody apart. And we have unlimited tracks as well. So now the one singer can do all of his fucking backups and all of his vocal layers and this and that. So that we, what you end up with is a guy that kind of sounds like everybody where you would usually have, oh, well, our bass player is going to do the highs. Our drummer is going to do the fucking clean vocals. And, you know, our, this guy is going to, you know, and, and now it's all just done by the same guy. And, and like guitar players where it's like, you know, now every every guitar player can play all this jazzy shit and all this tech sh- tech death right. shit and all the blues yeah. stuff and so it's like really hard to tell everybody apart anymore essentially everybody got uh too well-rounded to um tell apart anymore so but for the most part especially with the old stuff it was a really high shrieking vocals and a lot of the lyrics especially with the true cult stuff was purely fucking satanic misanthropic type stuff that seems to be for the most part same kind of deal at least the misanthropy like it, you know that's still a lot that's there um, but you do have a lot more, I've been noticing a lot more, and I don't, you know, again, I don't really know the lyrics, but I mean, I've looked up a few of them solely because this is the, this is a weird thing. I've looked up lyrics on bands because, uh, they're album covers. Mm, okay. Like the album covers look, they don't look like album covers. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck's this band doing? Right. So I look up lyrics. There's a lot of nature lyrics. Oh yeah. A lot of it is just, ah, <laughs> oh, I love the forest shit. You know what I mean? Which I guess that's fine. Yeah. So you're getting into almost, um, like that pagan type shit, right? Where it's like, right. you know, becoming one with nature and, you know, Wiccans and all that kind of shit. Right. And then, you know, for the most part, that's kind of like the, the, the basis of the, of the sound. And then you mix parts of that. Right. So you can have like that bass Falbard where it's like, kind of like this, uh, screamo. I don't know what's that, if that, if that's what you would call it. Like maybe post hardcore, just in general, kind of like thing. Fucking word, but I know you hate the word. You hate post anything. Yeah. Post post. I'm gonna make a genre called post post oh, just to bum like, you out. God, make something up, but we have to use that word because that's all anybody knows it by. But but yeah, it's not necessarily like all that black metal-y as far as music goes. You know, it's a lot in the tremolo picking. Yeah, you, you know, that. there's there's just especially like the the melodies being played over the riffs, you know, or underneath the riffs rather. Yeah. A lot of that stuff's really like, okay, well, this is like, this is the the black metal part, you know? So mm-hmm. you're really using a part of the music. And that's kind of like like what we talked about before. Like, that's one cool thing about what new Metal did was it took this part and it became to the point where it's like, well, now we can take these little tiny specific parts and, and make right. a, make our sound 
out of that. And, and that's kind of what's going on right now with black metal. It, you have a lot of people infusing it into their sound and, and, you know, to mixed results. I mean, there's a lot of people that do not like black metal at fucking all. And it's like, like a friend of mine was like, this whole fucking trend of black and fucking deathcore, I fucking hate it so bad. And I wanted to look at the guy and I'm like, huh, genre you love infuses genre you absolutely hate. That's weird. You wouldn't like it, you know, like, because it, exactly, of course, but you know what? You yeah. don't like it. Don't listen to it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's exactly. like, there's so many fucking bands, dude. Like it's, it's, yeah. you're okay. I think that wave is sick, dude. Like I, oh, I like a lot of, cause fuck. again, I don't listen to a lot of the, the, you know, actual black metal. I love the part, you know, the parts that I do like infused into what's going on with Deathcore. Yeah, dude. What's going on with a lot of stuff. Hey, you know what? Real quick. Do you still have that list of uh, black metal subgenres pulled up? Uh, yeah. Does it say who they uh, consider psychedelic black metal? All right. Let's check it out here. I, I'm trying to remember. There's the one band that was from the Bay Area that everybody loved. And then the guy was really sketchy. And then the whole fucking thing dissolved. Notable acts include Oransi Pazuzu, who I've Noct- heard a lot Mis- about. Noctmistium. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you. So what That's happened it. to the guy? Just heroin addict, uh, scammed a bunch of people out of money, and just death XYZ. Heaven. Really? Really? Not not black gays? I thought they were like the black well, it gays shows band. black gays too. I, I mean, I thought I heard Death Haven, Death Heaven, and I kind of thought they just sounded like Deftones. But hey, that's just that's just me, but. Maybe mm. it's just the one song or something. I don't know. Maybe. Interesting. I definitely okay. understand the gaze part for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, as far as production levels go, I mean, now now it's everything from super high polished shit, man. You know, still neck, I mean, still trebly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where you really draw the line is, is when you get into like um, symphonic stuff. I mean, that's where you kind of ease in a little bit more on that bass sound. Um, for sure. But for the most part, a lot of them, whether they're necro or whether they're polished, or whether they're organic or they sound compressed as hell, generally, dude, it's a little more trebly than most everything else. Right. And like that when I was coming in, that was I I just assumed because of the bands that were so prominent at the time that the symphonic elements were part and parcel with the whole thing, not getting into the more raw stuff till later, you know? Like I just Assume that was part of the allure. The weird thing is is fucking Emperor's first album. I mean, there's keyboards all over that thing. Mm-hmm. But they were. But it's way more raw. But yeah, oh, it's absolutely raw. But there's keyboards all over it, and that's the thing. Like there was a lot of people. I remember people back in the day, you know, saying like, "Fucking, you know, Emperor isn't considered part of the true cult sound because they were really kind of the first one from that era to really use a lot of keyboards. They, a, a lot of them used keyboards, but they were the first one to use a ton of keyboards." But again, that's yeah. that's Isan, dude. I mean, the guy is and was a musical fucking genius. I'll say it yeah. all fucking day long, and you will be hearing it when we get to our Emperor episode, because mm-hmm. goddamn, the dude is fucking awesome. Plus, I get the impression a guy like him wouldn't give a fuck being tr- about you know about being considered fuck true. No, they grim. were the first. They were kind of the first ones to stop wearing corpse paint because they were like. Well, now it's yeah. the trend. In fact, if anything, that makes him more true with a V. Yeah, they were, you know, it, because the scene was so much ab- about going against the trends, kind of like punk was at one point, kind of like um, grindcore, you know, kind of like a lot of metal that we listen to always starts off, it's a, kind of against the trends. I think that's kind of what turned people off on fucking hair metal and new metal was those two styles of music is, is especially really embraced the trends. 
Yeah, you know, for sure. They both really embraced pop music quite a bit. You know, new metal embraced alternative stuff that was really trendy at the time. It really embraced rap, which was really trendy at the time. You know, and hair metal really embraced pop music and pop structures at the time. So I think that's why a lot of people, you know, fans of metal and stuff like that are, are always kind of against that because, you know, thrash was go against the grain until the end, you know, like that sort of thing. And, and you know, death metal and black metal and, you know, all the, it's, it's always kind of this, we want to go against the trend. Well, the problem is, is once your thing gets hot because it's a new sound and people start to like it, it becomes the fucking trend. And it's like, yeah, it becomes the grain. Do you want people to not like it? Yeah. Because exactly. that's the only way it wouldn't, right? So it's kind of this, uh, it's kind of the the bummer of it. It's the double-edged sword, right? I mean, as an artist, you know, if, if you want to shake things up, but you have a specific style, once that style, you do it so much, it, it's known as your style. Well, now you're not shaking things up anymore. Yeah. But you might not like another way that you do things, or you might not be good at the other way. And so it really... Art's a really fucking fickle thing, dude. It can be a really cruel mistress. True. But yeah, I mean, that was, that's kind of the thing. It's like, uh, you know, the production wise, it's, that's kind of always been the thing. And like I said, there's, there's definitely bands astray from it. But like any genre, I mean, you do have more commercial versions of said genre. And you'll always have kind of more underground versions of said uh, genre. So, like, that's the cool thing about a genre is you can do so many different things with it. And that's one thing I, I've been really loving about a lot of this new black metal is they're bringing a lot of new things to the table. You know, I Absolutely. was I was kind of stuck in the one sound for a little while. But, but once I started, like, really looking into a lot of the newer stuff and it was just like, man, like, okay. Took me a minute, but okay, I... I'm really getting into this because it's so different than everything else, you know? And it really makes you kind of curious to see like, well, how far can they go with this? In fact, be completely honest, how far can all music go, right? I mean, there's only, there's only so many notes on the fretboard, right? So, or even in the scale, how, how far, how far, how much further can we go, you know, without recycling too much, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, really curious because everything's going exponential at this point man you know so yeah at first man music didn't change a whole hell of a lot but it's changed a lot in a really short amount of time you know mm-hmm. <laughs> recently so um another thing though you do have a lot of scandinavian culturisms in most of the especially with the true cult stuff i mean you know pagan stuff uh, anti-christian type stuff you know um also stuff about wars and a lot of the war stuff you know was kind of an anti-america thing because you know these guys were kind of pissed off at america and you know news flash to a lot of people there's a lot of people on this planet that aren't americans <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you sure. may not be the shit to them so but i mean that's that's just part of you know that sort of stuff but that's that's the, like the folky stuff i don't really get into a lot of that there's a lot of this stuff. I'm just, I mean, I, now that I saw all these fucking genres, I'm like, man, I got to check some of this shit out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. No, there's some there's some fun stuff to be had. I'm like, wait, what, dude? Like, I got to I gotta fucking see. What was the one? I, I'm like, dude, I, I got to see Black Doom. Like, I want to hear that. Yeah, I was trying to think. Does it say what the examples of that are? 
pioneered by black do oh wait that's depressive suicidal black metal yeah <laughs> dsbm mm-hmm. uh black doom also known as black and doom is a style that combines the slowness and thicker bassier sound of doom metal with the shrieking vocals and heavily distorted guitar sound of black metal so this would be bands include barathrum forgotten tomb woods of ipris diononicus mm. shining Nort with two T's, oh, okay. Beth- Bethlehem, Early Catatonia, Tiamat, DeLorean, and October Tide, which I've actually heard of October Tide, and I do not know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know I know Tiamat, but I know they're more like 90s goth metal stuff. I know. Yeah, um, I've never liked Tiamat. Um, Bethlehem, Travis Ryan from Cattle talks about all the time, but I've never actually really? listened to. Yeah, and then um, Shining. So there's, wait, sh- really? Okay, the because Nor- there's the Shining, who's the Swedish Norwegian black metal band, but there's Shining. Okay, so that must be how they started. The Norwegian Shining's like a weird jazz metal band, but they probably started out as like a I apparently Black and Doom band. I'll have to check their up the old stuff out then, huh? Oh, there's a lot of stuff in here I want to fucking check out. But yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys became. I mean, played with other other bands you know and you, you ended up with some super groups like demu borgir mm-hmm. you know who at one point had nick barker formerly of cradle of filth and you had galder from old man's child who also had nick barker playing drums and gene hoagland um and gene hoagland yes and then you also had vortex who also played in borknagar you had i thought the keyboard i thought the first keyboard guy was you know, but eventually they, you know, Nick Barker left. They had Reno Killerich, but then I think they got Hellhammer to do an album with them. Um, like Cradle Filth, you had all these. Fuck, I mean, was it Adrian Erlinson? Oh yeah, Cradle of Filth. What well, the, the only times I ever saw Cradle, they or had is it Adrian. The no, because Daniel Erlinson's our arch enemy. So I saw them on the same right, tour right, actually yeah. in two thousand four. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. That was. I just realized that that that's kind of cool. And see, I, that's another thing. I mean, this stuff can't. Like, I know, because I have some friends that saw Demi Borgir at, like, Ozfest, but they play, they had to play during the day, and it's like, yep, dude, that yep. sucks. That's the only time I've seen him, and that would have been Nicholas Barker, too, I think. I mean, that's like seeing Tool in the daytime. Yeah, that'd you know, be like, interesting. What the fuck? Or Pink Floyd in the daytime. It's like, no, dude. Like, not saying they got to have their laser show. I'm just saying it's got to be. It, the music requires life of agony. Like, <laughs> it should be dark. Yeah. I just realized you know, like also the first two times I saw Cradle were also in the middle of the day. So yeah, it, it just seems like such a bummer. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, especially because there's so there's such showmen. Yeah. You know, for like sure. there's it's such a fucking show. You know. Yeah. Cradle still had like stilt walkers and stuff, but it was it was a different atmosphere, right, especially because right. there was so much dust, like is in San Bernardino, like that. Uh, so gross. Uh, yeah, and that's true. So that's I remember true. Danny Filth being all normally this song is called Dusk in Her Embrace. But today it's called dust in your face or some shit like this. So he's, you know, he's being consummate showman. He's he's having fun. Sure, man. Yeah, make you the know, best out I of mean, a shitty situation. Absolutely. I think that's all I've got. Yeah, I mean, like the part of the whole thing was like I figured this would just be breaking ground for like further discussions to be had. I mean, we just opened up a bunch of different roads to yes. a bunch of things. The 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 reason it was so specific to that early '90s, mid '90s is because. All the stuff that went on outside of the music part. Right, yeah. I don't know of a lot of that going on now. 
No, but it's funny if you. I, I feel like there is a lot of what. What are they doing now to be had? Where it's like you know you watch a metal metal a headbanger's journey when they talk to Necro Butcher about the decline of black metal, and he gets all pissed off because he's drunk and he had been playing all day, and and then they do a follow up episode of of the TV show with him where he's sober and fucking able to reflect on that moment a little more like it's it's fun and he's all yeah i don't don't remember exactly how he phrased it but they they meet again for the first time since they had that tiff on camera and they have a much more cool calm and collected concise talk but like you know a lot of those dudes are still interesting characters necro butcher claims that he was actually gonna go kill was it Euronymous or Varg? He said he was going to go. He was on his way to kill somebody too. So that became the big popular meme was I also was going to go kill. I think it was Euronymous. Oh, yeah. yeah. but like. Yeah, there's a ton of Euronymous memes, dude. Yeah. And um, and the Varg, you know, the Varg animated gif oh, as well. Yeah. yeah. That, that's an emote for some people. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I wonder how many people use that and they have no idea who he even is. Oh, I know. Or where sure. that gif is from. That gif is from his court date. Yeah. Well, the, there's the there's that one, but it's also like the one where he's like the weird YouTube guy now. Whereas, oh, well, yeah, there's that. I mean, he's got a full-on vlog that's been going up yeah, for yeah. years, dude. And um, so there's all that. And then, but just like all those dudes, what are they doing now? I feel like we didn't talk enough about uh, Immortal for that matter on that front because like again they were like the more cute cuddly we know it's a joke kind of one of this whole band and like they they almost sounded more presentable to me you know like like i feel like they were the gateway for a lot of people just because they were willing to pose for the ridiculous laughs and whatnot and then there another one i talked about there's two gorgoroths i think one of them finally did change their name and it's like gall's band and then the others i think got to keep the name gorgoroth and like in the case of immortal <laughs> so so we should we, should we talk about what the like the crazy that like the thing that gall did which where one he, specifically where the guy showed up to his house okay i i vaguely recall this but you might have so, to finish it <laughs> he he had a confrontation with a a man who got to his house or whatever and uh Gall was accused of severely beating the guy right. and torturing him for, like, he, he, like, tortured the guy and collected his blood into a cup. Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And kept threatening it. He kept threatening the guy, like, to make the guy drink it or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, but then, you know, he's the one, he said, he's like, I was the one who was attacked. Yep. But they think I punished him too hard. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm trying to find the quote. Okay, so the quote is, I was the one who was attacked, but they think I punished him too hard. As I always say, when people cross my line and I let them know where the line is many steps before they cross it, <laughs> and still they choose to cross it, then I will be the one to decide what their punishment will be. Like, that's fucking hard shit yeah, right there, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's a dude doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't you know, completely disagree with him either on yeah. that front. <laughs> he also, hey, man, he told him yep. where the line was, right? Yep, yep, fuck. Yep. I mean, every judge has to respect that. Especially but He also way. claimed to have given the man the cup, quote unquote, so that he wouldn't so that he would not make such a mess in my house with all the blood. Nice. So he's like literally torturing this dude in his fucking house. It's your own fault if you get my place messy. I like <laughs> that. Uh, hey, I told you where the fucking line was, yeah. dude. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, he's just a fucking crazy dude. Man. Yeah, like, I, I would not fuck with him for sure. All those other guys, I'm like, whatever. But him, he, there's, it's always the quiet ones, like I said, man. But um, <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, so I guess so. the thing was uh, there was a mortal and a bot 
split from Immortal. Now he's got his own solo thing going that's pretty successful from what I can gather. And now I guess there's a split and there's a court case about who owns the rights to Immortal now between whoever was left. The, oh, really? Yeah, so there's like three different parts. I think it's like the drummer and the guy that was oh, the guitar wow. player but couldn't play for a while, so he was just a lyricist, and now he's the guitar player again. I don't know. It's 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 messy, but like... It's always a bummer when that happens, but you got to think. I mean, it happens a lot. I mean, especially back bands from back then that started the bands when they were like kids. Yeah, for sure. When there wasn't a precedent before, long before any of that stuff came into play. Yeah. I mean, you think now, dude, Mayhem's on Century Media. I think, shit, I'm, I think either Immortal or a bot might be on there too. I don't know. But like, like just all these things that stupid, you know, we're so we're in our own world and underground for years. And some of them still are to a degree, but like some of them just are up in the upper echelons with everybody else, you know, like mayhem played with at the gates on their comeback tour in Japan or whatever. I think when they first started out, you know, mayhem plays with all these bands like that. That was the whole thing was like, they were so anti-death metal. You know, there was the whole thing about Deicide getting off the plane in Norway and having a bomb explode on them. Nobody got hurt, but, like, it was, like, set up by some of those black metal dudes. Like, they were super about it, you know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. And now they play together, you know? Like, it's just uh, everybody kind of grew up for the most part, and that's just kind of whatever, and it's, you know. Well, when fuckers start, you know, going to fucking prison and shit, people start coming up dead. Like, yeah, I yeah. think everybody has to kind of, like, Look at the situation. Be like, yo, like we should probably chill out yeah, a little bit. Yeah, on that. So note, right now, uh, right now on for Immortal, it is showing the as far as current members. It's just uh, this drummer who also plays with Hypocrisy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. Demonize. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who yeah. also has solo shit. So I'm really curious as to why he would keep Immortal going when he has. I mean, that Demonize, uh, Demonize album is really fucking cool. I, actually, I don't even know. There might be more than that. I've only heard one of them. It's really cool, man. It's good shit. Yeah, I get the impression that the Immortal name might be more than just, you know, worth more than just the Demon as one. Whereas if you're a bot, you're just like, okay, so I don't have Immortal anymore. Everybody knows me. You know what I mean? Like, Right, that's true. He's he's definitely more well-known, that's yeah. for sure. I hope his rehab stint went all right. Like, like he's he's the party clown. You know, he's the Gene Simmons of black metal to, like, probably self-proclaimed. Like, like... He's the guy that's fun to watch in and out of the makeup. Like, like there's tons oh, of yeah, funny dude. interviews with him. There's obviously the one where he's running down that hill and eats shit. Like, at the festival, that's just a fun gift. Like, yeah, he's he's been known to party quite hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. To say to say <laughs> well, the him very and, least. Him, dude, Lord Araman too, from Dark Funeral. Mm. You know, he's he's another guy who's very well loved by lots of different musicians from lofts of different styles of music i mean he's just a very awesome you know, a lot of the guys are right you know i mean especially i mean a lot of them now are older you've toured with a bunch of bands by now you know people now there's i mean fuck dude nowadays for the last like you know 20 fucking years there's been so many festivals yeah for sure you know it's like how do you not know these you know yeah they know each other and yeah they i mean fuck beer's beer dude in every country yeah you know it's, for sure it's like, fuck yeah, dude, like, let's have a fucking beer, you know? And it's like, all right, cool, and, and everybody gets to know each other, and, and then um, it's it's all good now. I mean, Like I said, it, it's, you know, we tend to, on this particular episode, a lot, of, like I said, I don't want to get too into a lot of the bands because I want to do episodes on some of these, most of them anyway. Um, the other thing was, like, the majority of that really fascinating folklore mythology of black metal, it all takes place in one particular time. I, mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't think it's really like that anymore. It ain't like that anymore. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, that's not black metal, but whatever. Yeah. I was just like thinking about the the roots in death metal that that wave had and like the conflict and all that. On the uh, special edition of Mayhem's newest album, they fucking cover Evil Dead by Death. So it all comes back nice. around. Yeah. Apparently it's a very popular yeah. one. Like Dragon Force did a version too that was interesting. Like, huh. yeah. There was one other band, but I can't think of who it is right now. But yeah, it all comes back around, man. It's it's That's it's cool. Music. So, I just want to say big RIPD. There's a there's three of them yeah, that I know of right man. now. So, Dusty Hill from uh, ZZ Top mm-hmm. just passed away today. Uh, Mike Howe, if you haven't listened to Metal Church, listen to Blessing in Disguise. There's a song called Badlands. And there's a song called Anthem to the Estranged. Fucking awesome, dude. Like He's the guy that took over for the, the first singer. I can't remember his name right now. I want to say something Wagner. Anyway, Kirk, Kurt Wagner? Um, no, that's fucking... That's Nightcrawler that's from Nightcrawler. Uh, X-Men, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait. No, it's definitely not him. Yeah. But. But yeah, he took over, and I, I believe he was the singer for quite a while, left and came back, and, and uh, you know, he passed away. And then the big one, dude, Joey Jordison. Yeah. You know, fucking dude's a year younger than me. and Huge, huge, huge bummer, know, man. Total fucking bummer, yeah. dude. Rest in peace to all of them. And also, best vibes to Bob Odenkirk, dude, Saul. He's... he's yeah, what, whatever happened with that? Did they say? Not yet. They just said he collapsed on set, huh. and hopefully yeah, fuck. best vibes to him. Knocking on wood. Yeah, everybody crazy. take care of each other fucking hell man uh. on that downer note everybody be well <laughs> hit us up man let I us mean- know what your favorite shit is you know we always like hearing from you i'm at yes it is i david everywhere talk to jason at metalist pod on Met- or twitter and metalist podcast everywhere else we enjoy hearing from you. Like, rate, review. Re- wait okay we we added one like rate re- review subscribe and follow Oh, wait, no. There's no more subscribe now. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Apple changed it. It's all follow. Mm, okay. So, like, rate, but hey, review, and let follow. Me see. Let, hold on. Let me see if we got a review real quick. I'll cut some of this shit out. Yep. All right. So, we're going to read a review from... It just says one year ago. I don't know if... It, I mean, it's probably not to the date. <laughs> all right. But this one is a five-star... One, two, three, four, five. Five-star review from Weedy Burton. Sick. All one word. I'm like, fuck Yeah awesome name it's not a bunch of fucking numbers yeah all right here we go look forward to this podcast every week and really appreciate the host's passion for music as well as the history and personal impact the music may have had on them been nice to hear them expand beyond quote-unquote metal and incorporate other groups like journey a day to remember and deftones so i hope we get more of that in the future Give it a listen. If you are a music fan, you'll like it. Sick. Thanks, Weedy Burton. Thank you, Weedy Burton. We appreciate you, too. Fucking A, man. Hell uh, yeah. Hit us up with your reviews, people. We, we love hearing from you, and we appreciate them a lot. Until next time, eat your veggies. Fuck your prayer. See you then. Later. That was the worst Black metal shriek of all times.